Hi guys, on this show we're looking at Woof, Sharp, Snape, Barber, Spear, Wilkinson, Addy and Carlisle. We're going all the way in 1997's The Full Monty. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of 100 Things We Learned From Film. I'm one of your hosts, my name's Planty, and I've just crawled out the canal. <laughs> and I'm John, I'm the other guy, and I'm getting my Benny on, but all will <laughs> Benny! be revealed. Benny and the Jets! <laughs> getting your Benny on. What an expression. I've got to use that for anyone. Getting my Benny on. <laughs> How are you, Biglin? <laughs> I'm alright, mate. Just uh, living the, the dream. It's a bit bloy. It's, it's, it's called in Scotland... Blown a hooli outside. So uh, it's pretty pretty drastic out there. So yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty shocking here as well, mate. We had uh, we had a tiniest amount of snow this morning, whereas most of Scotland seems to have had loads. Ah, uh, yeah, we were, we were living the wet dream, the white dream. <laughs> the wet dream. <laughs> living the wet dream is very different, John. <laughs> it's either wet or wild or wet or wild. <laughs> uh, for those that uh, didn't now because you've never listened before, uh, we are the podcast that tries to find a hundred things from the film we are talking about this week john we're into the final final day really yes. of february and we are talking about our last oscar winning film we trolled through loads of all the oscar winning films that were on disney plus didn't we yeah we did <laughs> yeah, the, night. yeah there was a lot of standout ones but this one oh it stays with you doesn't it it really does yeah what are we talking about so we're looking at 1997's The Full Monty. Excellent. Uh, what else could we have been talking about? Well, if you are good listeners, you uh, remember from uh, Corner and Gross Point Black from 1997 what was out then. So if you want to find out, go back and listen to Corner right. and Gross Point Black. Go and listen to them episodes. Gun, gun, and gun, and gun, and listen to the episodes, man. Uh, you can tell I've been over the northeast this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on the subject of the Oscars. That this won, it won the best music uh, for original musical or comedy score and was nominated for best picture, best director, best writing screenplay. Um, so it was it, it, it was a winner of just one, but it was something a bit different. It really I was. I can't yeah. think of another podcast that's that's covered this. It, it <laughs> no. won loads of stuff, by the way. It oh, baffed us right up the arsehole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It won everybody's hearts as well. It's such a, it's such a heartwarming film. Now, I'm just going to put it out there because I was a pretentious 17-year-old arsehole, right? When this came <laughs> out, I said that this undid all the good work that uh, my favourite film of British cinema had done, and that was Trainspotting. Oh, right? Right, okay. Because I looked at Trainspotting as this fantastic... Upon a, a, a pedestal, yeah, everybody of did. greatness, yeah, and yeah. this was just a film for fucking morons, right? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm 41. <laughs> it's <laughs> totally fact, flipped, isn't it? Yeah, I'm 42. Totally uh, yeah, I'm, I'm well into it. It's still, it's still not a patch on, on Trainspotting, of course. Oh, wait, Robert, Robert Carlyle, I mean, that, that accent and the, 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 the way he looked, he was totally the opposite of Begbie. It was just a bit yeah. brilliant. The, the, the it, guy could never be pigeonholed for... It's passable. Right. It's a passable accent, John, I'll, I'll say. Having lived, in, uh, having lived in Derbyshire and Yorkshire, uh, I would say it's, it's, it's there and thereabouts. Anyway, there's not there's not sunning up to listen to me talk shit about Yorkshire. Uh, <laughs> although maybe you are, who knows. Shall we begin? Let's do this. Let's do Grand. this. Grand. Now, the 
the film opens with this fantastic, uh, this fantastic kind of old video type thing, isn't it? It's this yeah, narrated- it's isn't it? Ba 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 ba. Round the corner from this cinema. <laughs> <laughs> After the film, why not enjoy a balti? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like, isn't it? Yeah. On, a, uh, on a new carpet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this film narrator, I'm, I'm going to read it out because it's it's such a kind of fantastically well-written thing. Uh, Welcome to Sheffield, the beating heart of Britain's industrial north, the jewel in Yorkshire's crown. It's home to over half a million people, and a thousand more flock here daily to shop and to work. All this is built on Sheffield's primary industry, steel. The city's rolling mills, forges, and workshops employ some men and state-of-the-art machinery to make the world's finest steel, from high tensile girders <laughs> to the stainless cutlery that ends up on your dining table. Dining table. How posh do they think I am? I know. <laughs> on my lap while I watch Succession. <laughs> and my greasy spoon. <laughs> but it's not all hard work for the people of Steel City. They can spend the day lounging by the pool. Lounging by the pool? It's not the most temperate. <laughs> I know. Lounging by the pool. Watching Inside. one of our top soccer teams. Fuck off soccer. We're browsing <laughs> in the shops. But when the sun goes down, the fun really starts in the city's numerous nightclubs and discotheques. Yes, Yorkshire folk know how to have a good time. And I can admit that that's true, right? Because I once went out drinking in Halifax and there was these groups of teenagers throwing glass bottles across the road at one another. <laughs> yes, Yorkshire folk really know how to have it. No, trying to smash them at the feet of one another and glass nice. one another. Fucking Halifax, man. That's where Paddy Kenny, the old uh, Sheffield United uh, goalkeeper, got his ear bitten off. Or his nose bitten off. Yeah, his nose bitten off. Anyway. And it's good times for the city's housing, too. Sheffield leads the way in town planning, which we'll learn a bit more about. Victorian slums have been cleared and moved to Carlisle to make way for the homes of the future. Thanks to steel, Sheffield really is a city on the move. (laughs) <laughs> Which made me think of that uh, Springfield, a city on the grow. On the grow. That's what, that's exactly what I was thinking in my head as well. The, the gold road with the castle. <laughs> down it, yeah. City on the grow. Now, our listeners will know that I pick out as much as I can. We both do. We pick out as much as we can. And I've got loads from this. Have you got anything from this particular thing before I get started? Uh, it's only, it was a real promotional film from 1978. That's what All I've right. Got. Yeah, All right. Okay. Uh, I didn't spot that. How did I miss that? Bastard. How did you miss Bastard. that? Uh, only, only a couple of things before you start, because I know you've got loads on. So on. Uh, I was looking up the meaning of the film, Monty. But the film Monty is Cockney rhyming slang, which means the full story. Did you know okay. that? I did not know that, no. I didn't know that, but it comes from a, a tale from 1880 about some guy, but I didn't go into it. Um, and the reputation of Sheffield's uh, metallurgy and steelmaking, um, basically it was in the 18th, 19th and 20th century, it was all about the steel. I think but the basically because it had uh, the water the waterways and um the, had lots of coal and stuff like that made it one of the ideal places for the steel industry. But I'll let you crack on because I know you've got it, you've got loads Grant. on that. Good stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely right about the steel. Um, so look, for those that aren't from the UK and don't really know how the geography works, Sheffield's really hilly. Have you been to Sheffield, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant, love it, absolutely love it. Great city. 
fantastic city. Uh, but it's very hilly, isn't it? So yeah, really. you've got mines, you've got coal mines, you've got iron mines, or certainly you would have had. Um, there's there's great kind of um, the the rivers and the water. It just makes Canals, sense that yeah, that's yeah. where they would do that. Um, it fueled massive growth in the city's population that expanded from sixty thousand nine hundred ninety five in the census of eighteen oh one to a peak of five hundred seventy seven thousand in nineteen fifty two. The st- sorry, nineteen fifty one. The steel industry concentrates on now more specialist steel making, and in two thousand and five, produced more steel per year by value than any other time in its history. Well, and the economy, steel economy rather, in Sheffield, is worth seven billion pounds a year. Still, pretty impressive. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um. Sheffield was founded in the 8th century, became a city in 1893. The city is home to 13 Morris dancing teams. You notice the Morris dancing in the video. (laughs) Uh, Thought to be one of the highest concentration of Morris dancing sides in the country. Uh, Other brilliant films, this is my words, brilliant films in Sheffield. uh, Four Lions, uh, the less than brilliant When Saturday Comes. Have you seen when Saturday comes? John uh, Bean as the Sheffield yeah. United player. Oh, uh, you great bastard, John! I'm gonna fucking have you. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds starting to sound a little bit more like my Mel B impression. That oh, crap paste. And it's probably it's probably not the right time to mention this, considering what's happening in the in in the world today. Um, but the film about nuclear bomb being dropped on Sheffield threads. Oh man! Yeah, That's, I mean it's that, not the time. It's again, really not the time to talk about. Yeah. It. I did. I watched it to go on Cult Connection. In fact, the first time I went on Cult Connections with Ian. Now I'm a fucking regular on, that, on this <laughs> show. Uh, we talked about threads, which if you haven't seen it, and, and I know Tom. Who uh, who I do uh, Simpsons with? He is uh, he's a big fan of, of that film. I, I, if you can be a big fan of one of the grimmest films, oh, it's so grim! It's brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. I love it and hate it at the same time. Uh, your man mentions his soccer teams, right? Football. Oh, uh, it, it is association football. Uh, home to Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United are the two football league teams he's talking about, but. Mm. I'm going to call out my favourite Sheffield team is the oldest football team in the country, Sheffield FC, founded in 1857, which makes them 164 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Putting the teams in order, figured this out. It's them, oldest and newest, Hallam FC, 1860, Sheffield Wednesday, 1867, and then Johnny Come Lately's Sheffield United, who's everybody's least favourite Sheffield-based football team. And I'm not just saying that as a Forest fan. Come at me, United fans, all three of you. <laughs> it mentions the uh, the nightclubs, and you see this picture of the Fiesta nightclub. Yeah. Uh, opened in 1970 and shut in 1980. <laughs> so it was, only, it was only open for another two years after this film came out. <laughs> uh, previous acts there include Stevie Wonder, Roy Orbison, Stiller, and the Jackson Five. Jesus, that's all right. Yeah, that's not bad, is it? Really? I mean, there was loads of others, but those were specific to one big ones that I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's now the Odeon Cinema in Sheffield. Of course it is. Of course, me being me, I've got an insight into what's happening with the housing in Sheffield. Um, so I spoke to Tom, who, uh, as I've said before, is on everything we learned from The Simpsons with me. And he was telling me 
all about their city planning. So all of this comes from him. Did you right. see that big hole? That big hole in the road. Yes, it was. Right. It was like a like an underground yeah. uh, shopping centre. That's right, and it is. It was called the Hole in the Road, infamous underground walkway that was also a traffic roundabout. Access to shops. They filled it in in 1994. Bastards. Wow. Uh, Park Hill Flats. It shows. It shows these big flats. These Park Hill Flats were built. Bought, 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 these Park Hill Flats were built between 1957 and 1961. There's 995 of them, and famously in the 60s, they had their own milk float for deliveries of dairy produce. Milk floats, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, can you do this? I don't know. Could you explain to our non-British listeners and people under 30 what a milk float was? So uh, there's basically a uh, see. A, a lot of people. I think people. A lot of people think they were electric. I don't think they were. Because that was too advanced today. But basically, it was uh, a flatbed, small, miniature kind of truck-looking thing that the, the milkman would would zoom about in. Yeah. But it was very, very small. I think yeah. um, what was his name? Norman Wisdom did a film about. He, he did do one about, and uh, Ernie, the fastest milk float yeah, in the west, in the west, was yeah. Benny Hill. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Father Ted, Father Speed Ted, and Speed Three. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I love that. But yeah, my thoughts are a thing of the yeah. past. They were brilliant. Shall we get started on the actual film? Oh my God, we've got 100 facts. Let's go. <laughs> I'm, yeah, gonna, let's I'm just going to spoil it a little bit. Uh, just from that, we're on 17. So that's a good start. Isn't it? That's a great start. I've got nothing else, John. That's I, I concentrated on the start. <laughs> uh, by the way, thanks to Tom. Go and listen to everything we learned from the Simpsons. Brilliant. Uh, there'll, be more, there'll be more town planning stuff coming up on a future episode, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> right, 25 years later, right? And Sheffield is not a city on the grow at all. Yeah, it's just a Sheffield is, yeah, Sheffield has been uh, forgotten. Uh, a, shitty on, a shitty on the pile. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's these characters. There's, there's Gaz, mm-hmm. which is Robert Carlyle. There's Dave, who we mentioned, what, a couple of episodes ago, Mark yeah, Addy, when we were talking about... Like, um, this came, Nate's Tale. Uh, yeah, and the Flintstones. The Flintstones, 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 yeah. Right? And this yeah. came apropos, not of that, but just here it is. And and the band, this this son Nathan, this kid, yeah. they're stealing this massive girder from this closed factory. For, to make iron brew? <laughs> not to make <laughs> iron brew, no. To, uh, to sell. Um, steel is a hard grey material, which is an alloy mixture of iron and carbon. Uh, and H&S Metals in Portsmouth and Southampton will buy steel at £100 a tonne, according to my little internet search there. Nice, nice. Doesn't sound like a lot, though, does it? Well, when when he says, well, later on he says he drops it, he says that was worth twenty pounds. Yeah, I so guess. What yeah, what it weighed. That's your yeah, that's weighed. your uh, that's inflation for you, isn't it? And it says that was your maintenance as well. So that was your maintenance. Uh, well, yeah. I, I tried to double check maintenance for chair maintenance for nineteen ninety seven, but it didn't give me anything. No thing it gave me was uh, on the rate of pay you for paying one child, you pay twelve percent of your gross weekly income. For two children, it's 16, and it's for three children, it's 19 right. your gross uh, your weekly income. Okay. So my old man used to pay my mum a tenner a week. <laughs> I think, I think, I think. In 2006. Between, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think between these, you can sort out yourself. But if you go through the, if you go through the CSA, then they, they've got a calculator for that. Sort of okay, thing, so the CSA. There you CSA, go. yeah. Um, they're carrying this out. Um, and they're disturbed by this 
this this brass band working yeah. through, which I was kind of I was kind of into that. Um, mm-hmm. They are the uh, the British Steel Stockbridge Band. Um, yep. Stockbridge Engineering Steel Brass Band has since been renamed Unite the Union mm-hmm. Band. Uh, local to the city is Deep Car Brass Band is right. there as well. And I think I've probably got a little bit more on brass bands elsewhere, which I'll completely forget about until we get to the end of the film and I'll have to rush it through. Well, <laughs> I'll give you mine just now because I've I found that in the 19th and 20th century, nearly every colliery, I know it's not obviously a steel factory, but every colliery had a brass band. They yep. kept the workers out of trouble uh, and were a matter of civic pride in the local community. So everybody had them at one point, but it's just because in the film it says it's the factory band. I thought, oh, yeah. every factory must have one, but I don't think every factory did, but most collieries did. It's funny you should mention that, because that makes me think of Brassed Off, which is another film that makes yes. me cry. Add it to the fucking <laughs> list. <laughs> from, from Transformers, the animated movie, to Brassed Off. The Mark Black crying at Brassed films. Brassed Off is really good. Do I Brassed, Brassed Off is Off. brilliant, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, factory brass bands, 10 in Sheffield, Woodus, Stannington, Loxley, Robinov. Uh, Deep Car, Sheffield 13, which sounds like Irish men that bomb somewhere, uh, Unite the Union, Outer Bridge, Chapel Town, Dronfield, Eskerfeld. There you go. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that are still there. Cool. Let's cool. think about cutting that bit about the Irishman bombing places. <laughs> but I probably won't because I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> we're, not here for, we're not here to get advertising. We're just yeah. here to make people laugh. Um, the, this guard locks them in. You kind of spot this guard and he locks them in, which will come back later. So they're escaping on the girder across this car in the canal. Yeah, it's <laughs> very precarious, isn't it? It is, isn't it? But that's <laughs> a, that reminded me a little bit of that bit out of that, that game in The Crystal Maze. You know, you had to get the, oh, God, I, the bit of wood on the, <laughs> without falling into the water. So was I. And that was all kind of like misty and slimy and horrible water. Very Aye. much like every canal up and down this country. <laughs> I didn't realise how unstable the car was until after the boy got off, because as soon as he got off, it started rocking about, this car, so I don't know how yeah, he managed to do it. Because that's how that's how MacGuffins in films work, John. Ah, right, okay. <laughs> that's now, now I'm getting it. Yeah, you, now I you know. He says to Dave at one point, don't get, your, don't get Benny on. Did you hear him say that? I did, yeah. What was that? Don't get Benny on, so he says, don't get Benny on. So I looked this up. So <laughs> the scene is based on a character from... Uh, a British soap opera called, called Crossroads. Crossroads, Benny you remember from Crossroads. Benny? Yeah. I do. So Benny was <laughs> Benny was a worker in the motel garage, uh, and he was a general labourer. But Benny had learning difficulties. Right. Okay. So that, so derogatory wise, it, it was it was not the best thing to say. But it, it, basically, the term is based on a character from Crossroads. All right, okay. I mean, that makes perfect sense because we all remember Benny from Crossroads, don't we? Our listeners born in 1990. Yeah, he went out for a loaf and never came back. Literally <laughs> 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 went out for a loaf and never came back. <laughs> That's like um, what's whoever Deidre and Ken's daughter was in Coronation Street. She ran upstairs to listen to her tapes one day at the age of 11 and then came, and came back, back down as she was a 21-year-old murderer. Next we saw her, about. What's that about? What's all that about? So... This canal that they're on, by the way, was the Sheffield and Tinsley Canal. 3.9 miles long and 11 locks. Opened 22nd of February. Which year? Every year. (laughs) 1819. Um, 
a general holiday was called for the opening ceremony. I mean, that's exciting times. That's, that's Don't get me wrong. I'm the only person that I know that would take a day off for the opening of a canal because I'm <laughs> like that. You know that Francis Borgia kid that uh, does all the videos of him watching trains go by? Yes. The posh little kid. Uh, that's me, but for canals. <laughs> if I had money and time, I would just spend all my time waiting at canals with a GoPro on, waving uh, at old people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Panama <cool>. hat on. <laughs> Good day to you, sir. <laughs> anyway, you, you, your kid, Nathaniel, Nate, whatever we're calling him, drops the thing in um, as he's kind of crossed over, doesn't he? <laughs> they're, they're stuck, and as you say, it gets a bit precarious. This bloke's walking his black lab by, uh, and he says, How do? <laughs> he, says, he says, Not bad, you. <laughs> he says, oh, oh, All reet or something like that. And he says, oh, What about this looks all reet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not so bad. <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, black Lab, John, if you wanted to buy a Black Labrador puppy in Carlisle, there's some for sale at the moment for two and a half grand each. Nice. Nah, you're all right. I'll take the fact that it cost 80 quid for us to get this little bastard who's trying to attack my pen <laughs> from the cat's home, aren't you? Money in the bank. Money in money, the bank. Money in the bank. Exactly. Anyway, the next scene, they're walking down the steps, absolutely piss wet through. I'm not joking. You don't just get wet in a canal. You get fucking done. Those yes. clothes would be finished because yeah, yeah. of the like the stylage and oh, mm. canals are disgusting, but they're amazing. Mm. Uh, they go past this working men's club with these yep. women queuing for this Chippendale style gig. Uh, Mark Addy's wife's going to the show. So they're sneaking through the toilet window. Um, there's these blokes um, stripping to, do you want to be in my gang by Gary Glitter? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's of an you know, age. I, I'm, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. I looked up Gary Glitter, right, and, and ex- excluded all the stuff we know, right? But this is the one that, this is the, the, the fact that stood out to me. It says, uh, Gary Glitter was banned from driving uh, for 10 years in 1986 following a conviction for drink driving. This was his third drink driving conviction, and he narrowly avoided getting sent to prison. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. That's like, Jesus, if only they knew. Gary Glitter. Jesus Christ. Oh, what an awful bastard he what is. Guy. Don't Google Gary Glitter, people. Yeah, you don't know honestly, who it is. I, I, I did. I, I'd heard it, and I put Gary and I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't want to go through all this. But then when I seen that, I thought, you know what? I, that's something I didn't know, so I thought I'd bring that up. Who was the compere? Jimmy Savile? <laughs> oh, God. Was, was the club opened by Prince Andrew? Jesus. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. Yep. Uh, these, these paedophile jokes doing anything for you? Uh, so these three women come into the men's, um, including Dave's wife. Um, yep. He's kind of hiding through the window because he can't get through the window. Because And this is the whole thing about this. He's fat, right? I'm fat. He's fat. But he's not fat, right? I'm not joking. If I tried to get through that window, I'd have lacerated every bit of myself because <laughs> I'd have smashed that window somewhat rotten. Yeah. Mark Addy has got this cracking dad bod in uh, this. At the time, yeah, he was fine. So uh, it was yeah. a bit, he made a big thing of it, didn't he? So it was quite annoying. Yeah. And and all the way through, it's like, oh, I'm fat, I'm fat. And everyone else is kind of, they all look good, you know. Yeah, picking on them. Uh, Dave's wife says she's lost all interest in working and her. So the, the whole thing here is, for, for those who don't really know, everybody's been laid off. The city, because the steel has kind of has, has all been. What happened in the steel in 
Sheffield was, it all went overseas. It's cheaper to do it anywhere else than in Britain. Yeah. So it all went overseas. So all these men who were told when they were at school, you will have a job for life, same as the collieries, you'll have a job for life. It, it, it didn't happen. They didn't have a job for life. Everything was yeah. taken away from them. And of course, that would, in many ways, stunt your libido as well. Yeah. I, I, I believe, I wouldn't know. I never had any libido to start with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But she's, yeah, she's basically saying, um, you know, that, that, that she's lost, you know, he's lost interest. One of the one of the characters says, don't worry too much about it. Um, I'll give you something to cheer, cheer you up. She lifts a skirt up and she goes for a piss in right. the urinal, which yes. now, if if you're of a certain age and you've never been to a, uh, a working men's club, right, urinals were always like this. It was just a trough in the floor, wasn't it? Yep. And just... Uh... People on the top just to run some water. Yeah, yeah. love it. Love a trough along the floor because <laughs> you'd end up slipping on the tiles because people would have been absolutely rat-assed. Right. Old yeah. boys, rat-assed <laughs> on 16 pints a mild oh, and you'd dear. end up slipping uh, and getting your fucking... Oh, yeah, it's happened to all of us, I'm sure. K- kicking R- cakes. Kicking cakes. Kick, yeah, kicking cakes, yeah. Um, so she stands up and pisses in the urinal. Right. It's going to get a little bit um, interested in this. Have you ever heard of a she-wee, John? Is that, yeah, is that, is that mechanism in it? Is that a, a device it's to use? It's basically a bit of plastic. Yeah. So, so, ladies, listen, we're going to now tell you about the importance of peeing standing up. <laughs> if you're at a festival or the roadside where you possibly couldn't kneel down, you can purchase the she-wee. You can buy it online for four ninety nine. It's a plastic tube uh, with an open top. Women peeing. Instructions as follows from shewee.com forward slash how to use. Um, always practice in the shower with your shewee to find the right position for you. Please don't sweat about the size. The shewee is all about the technique. John, you're covering your face here. This is bad. After all, practice makes piss. Uh, sorry, perfect, ladies. Uh, the Shiwi Extreme is made from hard, solid plastic, which allows you to urinate while standing without removing any of your clothing. Please take your pants off. <laughs> Don't piss through your pants. Yeah. That would be terrible. Uh, uh, step one, take a deep breath and relax. Make sure the wind is at your back, ladies, as we well know. Uh, <laughs> remove your Shiwi from its carry case and attach your extension pipe if you're wearing bulky oh clothing. The fuck was I thinking last night? I'd not even had a drink. Two. <laughs> Undo trousers. Push your underwear to one side. Gently place the shiwi against your body. Enter the outlet pipe. Oh, ensure the outlet pipe is pointing downward and directed away from you. Three, aim urine away from your feet. Into a toilet, portable loo, or our pee bowl. The pocket-sized loo. Oh, God. They offer a pee bowl. (laughs) (laughs) When you're done, pull your shiwi firmly upwards to remove any remaining trim. Like, I'm guilty of, of dripping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we all? Give your shiwi a good shake and pop it back in your carry case. Pop it back in the carry case. When it's next convenient, clean your shiwi with mild soap and water. <laughs> and this is the last bit. Tip. Remember. <laughs> tip. Remember gravity when positioning your shiwi. The pointy end of the funnel should be held more firmly against you. The front of the funnel, which can be held a few millimetres away from the body so that you can see the urine going in. Nice. <laughs> There's illustrations on this website, and tomorrow <laughs> I'm at a disciplinary for looking at it in the office. 
Oh, I mean, man. oh god, that is one of the most awkward things I've ever had to talk to you about. <laughs> I know. I, I felt embarrassed. This end. Thank you for that. <laughs> what at the wrong end of the shiwi? <laughs> there you go. That's five quid well spent. Ladies, well, ladies, they're not ladies listening to this anyway. Um, there's like three, there's like three women listening to this. <laughs> the next day, Gaz walks Nathan to school. Nathan wants to go to the football and he can't pay for him to go to the football. He says, oh yeah, the non-league team are playing. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's uh, Sheffield FC. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he uh, he says, no, he wants to go and see um, United, oh, Sheffield it. United. Because they're playing Man United, uh, and and he says uh, he says oh yeah we can maybe sneak in there's a there's a hole in the fence like it, it, it wouldn't there wouldn't be a hole in the fence there wouldn't be a hole yeah. in the fence. also at this time Sheffield United and Man United weren't in the same league so it'd have to be the League Cup anyway enough we're going to get into that uh, down at the job centre or the job club as it's job called oh, I was man. desperate for Pauline Pauline's pens to turn man. up okey dokey picking a pokey. <laughs> have you ever been to a job club? I have been to the job centre. I signed on a couple of times, and it just it made me so miserable. Aye, so that was uh, uh, they, they make you go to the job club to um, to have one on one tutorials on creating CVs and stuff like that. It's, it's quite. It's don't get me wrong. Everybody's the same boat, but yeah, it's just a horrible, horrible environment. Yeah. I hated it. Hated it. I I came back from Australia without a job. And I signed on um, once. Gerald the foreman, the always brilliant Tom Wilkinson, always oh, fantastic. Really good in this. Tom Wilkinson, he he is the, to my mind, he's the true pathos in this because of what how he his story is mostly at the beginning and partway through the saddest bit. Uh, he won a BAFTA for this um, mm. and a Screen Actors Guild Award, uh, nominated for an Oscar for In the Bedroom in two thousand and one. And Michael Clayton in 2007, which I have never oh, seen. I remember that. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Michael Clayton, 2007, is an option for when I finally get invited on revisiting the Oscars podcast. Hint, hint, yeah. boys. When are you going to have me on? <laughs> By the by, love, love him, love him, love him. And oh, actually, do you, know, do you know what I always forget? I always forget he's in Batman Begins. Yeah, so he is. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like, the, bad, isn't he? like the proper villain <laughs> in Batman Begins. Access was his, his break, sort of breakthrough role, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, the job centre ran from, it was called the Job Centre, 1970s to 2002, when it was rebanded as Job Centre Plus. He is Gerald, the old foreman. Uh, he's trying to get a job. He's on this this computer, this old computer. Yeah. Um, they so formulate <laughs> they're going to do their own show because they've seen this. Uh, Gerald isn't having any of it. You're fat. He's skinny. No one wants to see you too naked. <laughs> Gaz goes to see his ex at the new fella's place. They're in this lovely new build. Reminded me of those new builds up by the station oh, at Larbert. <laughs> yeah, but they were, they were cracking. Who's his they, they, they were big, 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 big houses. Triple glazing? Yeah, yeah, triple with your triple with your glazing. Triple glazing. So triple glazing. Was, yeah. uh, so I tried to look it up. So triple glazing options were uh, really popular, popularized in North Europe in the nineteen seventies. So that's yeah. sort of when they were sort of came about. But yeah, I couldn't believe the old uh, triple glazing because I'd never heard it before. No, I hadn't. Is it an option on your uh, on your new build, John? Are you yeah, getting triple glazing. Nah, you need to actually pay extra for it. Need to pay extra for it. Bastards. Bastards. 
you bastards, how dare you make me pay extra? Do you know I've got a very unpopular podcast? <laughs> the pain, I could cause the pain. <laughs> um, they're going for sole custody. Uh, the only way they'll share if he gets a job and pays his way. He owes like 700 quid in maintenance, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the next day, Gaz and Dave are running. <laughs> uh, Gaz, Gaz has got this this shirt on, this uh, white and red striped shirt. Do you know which football shirt that was, John? Uh, it's no. one of the teams we've mentioned. Is it Berwick? Is it Berwick upon Tweed United? <laughs> it is. It is. It's. It's. It is. It's Berwick. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly who it is. It's Annan Athletic. No, it's Sheffield United, and the sponsor on it was Lavers. Lavers are a builders merchant, builders and timber merchant, um, right. which uh, I discovered online. That's not true. I actually knew that because I'm, I was one of these people that mid, one of these kids that in the mid nineties was obsessed with who football sponsors were. Oh my god, I. <laughs> <laughs> so if they sponsored a football team, we knew exactly who they were. Now they're just all betting companies and porn websites. Oh, no, it really is, yeah, Pornhub. But back in the day, it used to be J&W Carpets, and it's, so it's, it really is. like <laughs> uh, They stop to help this lad whose car won't start. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, okay. It's funny and it isn't funny, this, right? Yeah. yeah. So they, they stop to kind of help him out. And at 1980s Austin Princess too, it was as well. Yeah, right. Okay, well spotted. Yeah, um, this ginger lad only boy is he ginger, isn't he? Oh, he's proper ginger. We've I, I feel we've had a bit of a dig at gingers, but people may think we've had a dig at gingers. I love a ginger. I don't know about you. I oh, absolutely love a ginger. Me, I think they're just fiery. They're oh just no, fiery, that's, fiery no, and that's annoying. good. That's good. I'm all, for, <laughs> I'm all for fiery and annoying ones. I've I've got I've got a ginger uh, ginger cat, so. <laughs> I'm used to that. He says, uh, he says it's your HT leads. Uh, I was like, that's not real, but it is. They're wires that connect a distributor or ignition coil to each of the spark plugs of a petrol engine. Uh, start your motor, basically. So with my cousin Vinny last week, and now this, it's like fucking top gear. Yeah, we're getting into the yeah. car side of things, isn't we? Yeah, ex- except the difference between us and top gear is there's no thinly veiled misogyny, and I'm not beating up any producers because I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he gets this, this boy's car started and then notices that there's a pipe from the exhaust. They're, they're walking away, just getting on with it. Um, yeah, he goes and then he realises and drags him out. And he's like, you bastard, I was trying to kill myself. I was like, and oh, you ungrateful sod. Poison back, back in. in. Oh, that is so funny. So funny. So I tried to Google that uh, facts about how that works and how long it would take. But if you try and Google uh, facts about exhaust fumes directly in your car... It directs you straight to Samaritans. So, and I rightly so. It, I, I thought I think it was a good touch, to be honest. Absolutely. If you are thinking uh, of doing that, don't, uh, for a number of reasons, not just because fuel's really expensive at the moment and it will cost you uh, cost you a lot of money, but the Samaritans in the UK, give them a call, 116-123 from your phone, 116-123. They have a Welsh language line as well. If you're one of our two Welsh listeners, uh, uh, please do not do that. Ring the Samaritans. They are very helpful. They are very good people. We are certain you have a number of things worth living for. Now back on to all the stupid nonsense that we always <laughs> talk. All right. Uh, they're talking about opportunities. Mm-hmm. 
And this, they're basically saying, and I, on the back of what we just talked about, I really liked this, right? Because they're saying there is a, there is a better way to, if you really want to do it, yeah, you can do it. Here's here's your options of how to do it. And I was kind of like, ah, okay, okay. And they're being, they're being nice. They're just being nice. This is all you could drown yourself. An average person would last between one and three minutes before falling unconscious and around 10 minutes before dying. from drowning and then he says uh, just jump out in front in the road and get uh, get someone to drive in to to drive at you to drive the car at you get a friend to drive the car at you and he says uh, he says I haven't got any friends I haven't got any mates we just saved your life which the fuck do you think we are (laughs) that's really and he smiled oh it was so Uh, it was heartwarming that yeah did they mention anybody mention a bungee jump they did yeah bungee jumping without a without the bungee bit so I looked that up and this this is a bit of that's blew my mind because I, I originally thought that bungee jumping came from the American New Zealand yeah, or something like that but turns yeah. out so <clears throat> this is going back a bit BBC Inside Out revealed a new revealed newly discovered footage of the world's first bungee jump from the Clifton Suspension Bridge in Bristol 35 years ago jump took place on the 1st of April 1979 and was undertaken by members of the Oxford University Dangerous Sports Club. <laughs> so it originated in Bristol. Wow! From the Dave Cliff, from the Dave Clifton suspension quiz. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic! Oh, great. Uh, and the other one was it says jump off a tall bridge, didn't they? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I was looking up tall bridges, or the tallest bridge in Sheffield. No, I don't class it as a, a bridge, but tallest structure is the uh, Tinsley Viaduct. Mm-hmm. It's a two-tier road bridge in Sheffield. It was it was the first of its kind in the UK. And I'm just going to try and find the height. So the height of it is 20 metres. Oh, wow, okay. So six, six feet. I didn't think it was that tall, but apparently that was the uh, tallest bridge in Sheffield. Yeah, in the words of the charlatans, how high? Uh, he says he mentioned when they're on about drowning. He says I can't swim. He says you don't have to. I know <laughs> that, that was, kind was, good, of, that was <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, I, I, I took I all like that. that. Um, he goes back to his mum, who he looks after, and his mum's obviously infirm, disabled, and she's trying to climb the stairs out of a wheelchair. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and and you kind of like if that's all you've got in your life, that's why. Turns out he's also the security guard that locked them in earlier on. <laughs> I lifted her up the stairs, didn't he? Yeah, it's really, really good. Sweet. Oh, I didn't know where you'd gone. I'd just gone for a drive, and you're kind of like, that must be really tough. That must be really, really yeah. tough. Because yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a bastard, and when that happens to my mum, she's going in a home. <laughs> but like a, a crooked home off the telly that would have been on one of those cook reports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you remember the cook report? <laughs> It's a reference to nobody, isn't it? Um, anyway, they're, they're at this. They're, they're back at the the place where he's doing, where he does his work, and they're yep. checking out the records he's got. <laughs> One yeah, of them yep. is the floral dance. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, that's a blast from the past!" The floral dance, uh, massive hit in 1977 for the Brighouse and Rastrick Brass Band, which is the West Yorkshire represent, uh, sold half a million copies and reached number two. That year, so that was 1977. Do you want to hear what else happened in 1977? I do, but before you do, John, 
What Scottish song was number one Christmas 1977 oh. instead of the Rustic Band? Was uh, Ross Stewart? You're not a million miles off because he's about as Scottish as Rod Stewart. Uh, <laughs> it was Mull of Kintyre by oh, Wings. Oh, God. Right, okay. Uh, which is a Nottingham Forest song. I don't care who knows it. Uh, yes, please do tell us what happened, else happened in 1977. 1977, the pot noodle was invented and its first flavour. Checking in mushroom because there was a pot noodle sitting in the uh, the background okay. when they were looking at the record. The blandest pot noodle, arguably. Well, still a fan favourite though. Apparently, it's one of the favourites. It's Rachel's favourite. Yeah. What's your What's your favourite pot noodle? Uh, curry. Bombay bad boy for me. Is it? Because it had to be. Yeah, all the so- all the sauce, all the hot sauce, and then all some the extra sauce. Scotch bonnet in it. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not shiting through the eye of a needle, I've not been eating the pot noodle. Yeah. You're not, uh, although you're not I don't right. tend to eat them. Um, uh, because they're uh, they're not they're not very good for me. It's maybe it's maybe the hot sauce that's not very good for me. Oh <laughs> yeah. fucking no! Yeah. Uh, one of the other records is "You Sexy Thing" by Hot Chocolate, which oh, they put on, sure. and he's he's dancing to this. By the way, he's got a fag on, and he's t- he's and dancing, he's, he's dancing like me. Getting, can't get his jacket off. Yeah. Try to swing it round his arm, and, and then he. And then he tries to take... Oh, his change is coming out of the <laughs> pockets and showering them. And then he tries to take his T-shirt off while he's got his fag in his mouth. <laughs> Nearly sets fire with himself. Yeah, buns a hole in his fruit alone. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, right, in the 70s, one of the, uh, <laughs> one of the biggest um, issues, one of the biggest injuries that you would get at Christmas uh, was was obviously putting up your Christmas lights. Of yes. course it was. But one mm. of the other biggest injuries in the UK was men putting on sweaters whilst they'd still got a fag in their mouth. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate, released 1975, 1987 and 1997 on the back of this. Mm-hmm. Made number six in the UK after this. And lead singer Errol Brown died in 2015 at the age of 71. Now, that Errol Brown seemed to be fucking everywhere from 97 onwards, didn't he? No, no. Everywhere. Anyway, Nathan runs off, probably out of embarrassment. Um, (laughs) Oh, they're they're eating food off the bonnet of the car. So, like, the food was cold, and then they put it... On the, he did it up. He did it up, but, but why was it cold? It was takeaway. Food. Anyway, I didn't couldn't quite get that. I know. Uh, and he says, uh, he says, he says, oh, what have I got? And he says, oh, you've got you've got chow mein. Oh, I ate Chinese. I wasn't getting into the whole history of chow mein because that's not what we're here for. But mm. chow mein in Peru is known as talarin sal, saltado. Talarin saltado. He's a beauty. That well, apparently not. That's because I've had two beers. Because I'm not working tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah boy. Anyway, Nathan runs off because he doesn't like Chinese food. They drive to get him. Turns out he's embarrassed. Gaz explains the reason he's doing it is to make money to keep them together. So, this next scene, they're looking at this ballroom dancing class, right? Gerald and his Gerald. wife. <laughs> so yes. So they suggest Gerald as a teacher for them to dance. Gerald explains uh, to his wife that they're friends from work, and they're like, from work? And we're kind of like, okay, what's going on here? Piecing stuff together. Mm -hmm. The next morning, they're waiting outside his house. Gerald's wife doesn't know he hasn't got a job because he hasn't told her. Yeah, they're standing over the gnomes, aren't they? 
looking at yep. he's got gnomes. He's looking got at his gnomes. garden. He's, oh, he's got everything. He's got all this water feature. She wants to book this skiing holiday. Oh. Uh, and he's kind of like, oh, no, no, don't. Anyway, you feel, I felt for him. I really felt really yeah. for him when I seen yeah. that scene. And this house, by the way, was it was full of the stuff, wasn't it? Like, uh, it was royal Dalton and, and all and that. The, yeah, yeah. you kind of like, wow. Oh, it's horrible. He won't teach them because he says they've no timing or skill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's going for an interview, and this interview is going for 16 grand a year. Which oh, I yeah. assume at the time, I didn't do the maths on that one, but 16 grand a year, you're kind of like, at, in, the year two, in the year 2000, I was on 11 grand a year as an untrained customer service operative. Right, so okay. 16 grand a year in 97 would have been pretty pretty all right, I guess. Would have kept yeah, him, yeah. Would, would, have, would have kept him in skiing holidays, I assume. <laughs> and in garden gnomes. Yeah, um, and this is the thing. So they fucking ruined this for Gerald. With or the, at least with we, the garden we think gnomes. they do with the garden gnomes. They're distracting him, whatever, and then they smash them through the window. Yeah, or smash them into each other. Yeah, that's really kind. Now we've done gnomes before, John. We have yep. done gnomes before, um, but there's one thing we haven't discussed when we're talking about gnomes. When when they went from red, when when they went from clay uh, plastic. No, but are you going to tell us about that? Yes, I will. So, <laughs> <laughs> go on then. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so, as we well know, they were first produced in the 19th century by a sculptor called Philip Gabriel, um, and they were made of clay, but eventually uh, made from resin and plastic in the 1970s and 80s. So, from all that time in the early 19th century, all that time it was clay, and then by the 70s and 80s, they became plastic. Nice. There you go. Make from about. resin, or as it was known to me at the time, soap bar. Soap bar. <laughs> soap bar. <laughs> or a bit of black. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, God, for students still do. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, British telly featuring gnomes, and this is going to jog your memory. Coronation Street in the 90s, John. Derek Wilton's prize gnome Arthur disappeared from his front garden, and he kept getting postcards. Do you remember that? Oh, God, I have been different <laughs> locations. Yeah, he later found out it was Norris that had stolen his gnome to get back at him for treating his first wife, Angela, so badly. <laughs> oh, God. That was a storyline. Back when it was simpler times, man. Oh, absolutely. Simpler yeah, you, times. you didn't have to have a fucking... You a didn't plane crashing into your pub every two days. Uh, uh, you didn't have to have a tram falling off the <laughs> uh, thing. That's not, even, that's not even a real place. That tram's not real. It's like a fucking cartoon tram. Stop doing cartoon trams. Oh, blue screen tram bastards. <laughs> Back at the job club, he's threatening to kick him in. Isn't he? Oh, he was. He, was going he can't tell his either. wife he lost his job. Uh, she and, and the line is, she's got a MasterCard. And it's wow. kind of like, oh, that is just oh, beyond sad. It's a reason, I mean, you can see from this, he is a good actor. He's got the gravitas. He's got the pathos. It just works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can see the desperation. Yeah. And you feel for him as well, because at first it's all fun and games, but when he talks about how she, he, she's about with a MasterCard and how he's he really needed it and this is this was his way out, it was, yeah. you really felt for him. You really did. He says, it's only six months. He says, you know, I can I can get the first month in advance uh, and, and I'll be back on, you know, she wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. And the difficult thing there for me is you, very much like me, you would tell Kirsty, wouldn't you? Oh god, I like you I, would tell Kirsty straight away. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't. I no, couldn't you couldn't, it. you couldn't, you couldn't keep that. Yeah. 
Anyway, the next scene, he's, he's sat eating his sandwiches on a bench, eating his, eating his bait on a bench. Uh, they apologise by giving him this cart, <laughs> this thing, uh, and they've fixed his gnome. They've oh, super- yeah. They got it for a jumble sale, didn't they? Yeah, got it from a Did jumble, remember sale. jumble sales. Remember jumble sales? Do you remember jumble sales? Uh, yeah. I, I looked these up, and apparently jumble sales, well, they, they are being replaced by cheaper alternatives like marketplaces, but some churches still hold them. I remember jumble sales. Yeah, I remember jumble sales were on at our school all the time just to raise money for the school. Yeah, in, uh, the uh, the church roof. <laughs> it's always the anything. church roof. I remember it because my neighbour used to call it a jungle sale. I don't think <laughs> you can say jumble sale. Jungle sale. You want your jungle sale? <laughs> Is that where you go and get all your drum and bass CDs? Oh. <laughs> rocker to rocker, raver to raver, turn up the bass. Why don't you do us all a favour? <laughs> There's a lot of cheaters in the jungle sale. <laughs> but no drugs, because the parrot sets them all. Oh, Jesus. Let's do this. Uh, it's basically a very touching apology, and he loves it, doesn't he? He loves the little the little cart that they've got him. Yeah. And Gerald agrees to help them, because he needs money. Yeah. Uh, next scene, they're interviewing people, auditioning people. Did you see who the first one oh, was? Oh, it was um, Les Battersby for Coronation Street. <laughs> Bruce Jones, right? Now, did you know that he found one of the bodies of the Yorkshire Ripper's victims when working on an allotment? No, I did not. Yeah, there's a documentary on Netflix about the Yorkshire Ripper. It's not great, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that he was one. He was questioned by police. Right. Jesus, That's that not a very that. sexy thing, is no, it? No, certainly not. But yeah, he uh, then went on to yeah he was just working as a labourer on an allotment building a building a shed or building a greenhouse, uh, and uh, yeah and he went to get some bricks and found it and apparently the the, the part of the, the video I saw was them saying you had a wheel you had a wheelbarrow uh, you had a hammer and you had a chisel why well, I was breaking <laughs> up bricks to build oh, an, God, to build an know. aggregate base, <laughs> and you kind of like, but but they started as they were asking him questions. Said, you know, were, were you in Yorkshire on this day? He's like, it was a long time ago. I couldn't quite remember. And you start to doubt yourself. Was I in Yorkshire? You're like, fucking hell! You nearly got you nearly got out. Les Battersby nearly didn't exist. Wow, well, as we know him, and crazy. I always like Bruce Jones a little bit because he looks a little bit like my old man did. Oh really? My old man was always a lot, lot more handsome than uh, than Bruce Jones. But yeah, little <laughs> looks a little bit similar kind of hairline and cheeky smile as my old man. So there's something about Bruce Jones. I'm always like, okay, I like him. Batsby were a bright bunch of bastards, though, weren't they? Oh, the the family, he was, he was always, he was always that sort of salt of the earth kind of guy, wasn't he? Yeah. We always came across as a, a, a like a common man. Which I like. He'd he he would do all right in Glasgow, wouldn't he? Aye, yeah, yeah. He'd, he, he'd piece, have a, he'd, he'd have a stall down the barras. He'd get a piece at anybody's door. <laughs> <laughs> Stocks just stolen from M and S. You know the stall. He's rubbish. He can't do it. Oh, I can't even take my kit off properly. This <laughs> from a mank accent that I can't do. And and he says, um, he says, oh, I'm going to have to go. I've I've, I've got the, the kids. Oh, I just want to earn some money for the kids. Where are they? They're in the car outside. Oh, bring them in. <laughs> kind of like, Jesus, don't bring the kids in. Do not bring those children in. Um, and he got, obviously, he's not going to get part of it. Uh, yep. This next character turns up his horse. Why is he called Mr. Horse? <laughs> Not because he runs the fucking Grand National. <laughs> He's got moves, though, hasn't he? 
Oh god, yeah. I Dancing mean, to this Wilson aye. Pickett number. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's cra- he's got one of the moves. He's brilliant. I, as soon as I seen him, I, the first thing that came into my head was uh, only fools and horses because that's because that's it. That's what he's thing. yeah, that's what he's out of. Yeah, yeah. But that's, yeah, that's yeah. the one thing that I remember him from. Yeah. Was he also? I think he's had his own show for a while. Yeah, yeah, I know the character. He, he, he moans about his uh, he moans about his knees at one point. Doesn't uh, he says he's got a bad uh, knee or, so, or a bad hip at some point. Um, <laughs> Uh, this next lad comes up. Singing in the Rain's my favourite film. Just imagine I'm Donald O'Connor. And I was like, what? Like, let, let, <laughs> make him laugh, make him laugh. And he runs at the wall, the wall. and knocks himself out. Nice. <laughs> Brilliant. By the way, that Donald O'Connor, make him laugh, is just something I could watch for hours on a loop. You know, yeah. where he's just he's just running and jumping and doing nice. oh, It's fucking brilliant. There's something else, isn't it? How yeah, could yeah. you even, how does that even work? No CGI back in those days. No, absolutely not. Um, your next man turns up. He says, he, "He says you don't sing, you don't dance. What do you do?" He drops his kex, and your man says, "The lunchbox has landed." <laughs> <That's right. laughs> now, like, do you oh, remember Gerald, that reference? <laughs> oh, he recognises Gerald because he's done his he's done his uh, bathroom. He's hiding <laughs> behind the paper. Do you remember the term "the lunchbox"? Do you remember who that was? Uh, Linford Christie. Linford Christie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The he was never young, was he, Linford Christie? Nah, he always no, looked really no. old. Yeah. No, because there's always him. Right. It was him and Ben Johnson at one point. We were all the way, though. was mm. quite close. But it was yeah. Ben Johnson would get done for doping. He did, yeah. That was Stoll, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, he's He's got soul, but he's not a soldier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, 92. I always remember being really excited as a 12 year old. We were on holiday in Newquay in. Cornwall, and I—that was my first real Olympics that I was properly excited for. Uh, and my mum was furious because I just wanted to spend all day sat inside watching the Olympics in watch Barcelona. It. So it was all on the right times. Yeah, uh, and and I remember in the TV room because that's when. When, do you remember when hotels had TV rooms? Uh, <laughs> and we were all gathered around the TV watching Linford Christie. I think he did he win bronze. Yeah, where's the gold? I know that. Disappointing. Disappointing. Yeah, so obviously he's hung. Yep. And that's and that's kind of they're after a mix of people who can dance and people who have got schlongs. Yeah. I mean, that's all we want, ladies. Am I right? <laughs> Mark Addy's still going about the fact he's fat and he's not. Oh, he's uh, in his bed with his wife, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Jeannie tries it on in bed, uh, and and the line is how tiring it is doing nout. Uh, and I'm just kind of like. Oh, he says, he says, I'm all in, didn't he? Yeah. He says, I'm all in. So I looked up that expression. So this is a bit of a weird expression because it's borrowed from an early 20th century um, extract, but it just means exhausted or used up, and it refers to people or animals who are on the verge of collapse. All right, okay. And he is, it's depression. There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. What yeah, he yeah. is suffering from is, is what the... The city, the city is suffering from it's a it's a it's a depression. Yeah. Yeah, because in the film he's like he just looks like a normal guy with a normal dad board. So the fact that he's thinking about this so much is, is obviously means there's something else going on. Absolutely. They're in this shop making a flash dance VHS, right? And there was a <laughs> shot, and I thought initially it was Meadow Hall, but it wasn't. They're in like an Asda, but we did see Meadow yeah. Hall, which made me think again for lions because you keep seeing. 
Yeah, you see these these things in the background, didn't you? I yeah. thought I thought it was uh, I initially thought it was uh, Woolworths because there was picking mix, weren't there? There was. It was meant to be an Asda. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think you get. Maybe you used to get pick and mix in Asda. I don't maybe know. Maybe I. Maybe I. But um, I looked up pick and mix. So yeah. uh, it originated in the 1950s uh, as a slogan to advertise sweets or candy. Okay. Uh, the first evidence uh, they could find is in a print of an advert from F. W. Woolworths from the uh, Cedar Rapids Gazette, the 13th of August, 1958. Nice. A uh, big fan of pick and mix, John. Uh, I was a big fan of getting them for free. Yeah. If that's what you mean, from the local Prestos. Prestos, <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't really Pig and Max, it just had stuff out that we could take. <laughs> uh, yeah, hate it myself because uh, kids are fucking disgusting and COVID. Uh, well, back then we didn't. They were, I've seen kids bloody picking sweeties after ground and eating them in Pollock. Yeah. They, they <laughs> that's why everybody had great immune systems. <laughs> <laughs> All right, granddad. Mine's <laughs> <laughs> rocking about with shoe boxes on their feet. Oh, happy times. <laughs> so they're watching this video, and they're, watching, they're doing everything in the um, in, in in the old mill, aren't they? They're doing all yeah, the kind so of they're things. watching. They're watching this video, and one of them says, "I hope she dances better than she welds." Ah, <laughs> uh, your mix is hot, cock. <laughs> mix is hot. Did, did you look up welding mixes? I didn't know, did you? What? I, I sure did. So uh, the mix is typically 60, uh, sorry, 86% argon and 14% CO2. Oh, fantastic. That's what the mix should be, ideally, because um, if it's not, if it's any lower, it could cause, um, or sorry, if it's, if it's that mix, then it causes less what's called spatter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we all want a bit less spatter. I'm Everybody right, loves a bit of less spatter. <laughs> Argon uh, is is that fantastic um, film about getting the blokes out of uh, Iran, isn't oh, it? I, With, uh, yeah. no? I think we've seen the dragon one. <laughs> yeah, Aragon, <laughs> Jesus. There's there's a film no one's thought about in 15 years. <laughs> you seen Flash Dance, John? Uh, I've seen it years and years ago. I just remember the bit where she's That's gone a good film. crazy dancing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she's a maniac, maniac on the floor. Jenny and she's Halliwell dancing like she's too. never danced before. Well, I was actually thinking about um, Groundskeeper Willie in the park. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm a maniac, <laughs> maniac. <laughs> Gerald says he can teach them the tango in two weeks. Even Dave, who's wearing a Sheffield Eagles shirt, by the way. So... <laughs> I didn't mention the Sheffield Eagles because Sheffield Eagles are Sheffield's rugby league team, right? Because Sheffield is not a rugby league city. Uh, But yeah, the Sheffield Eagles were a Super League team at the time. And uh, a bit of a soft spot for them. Because I have always a soft spot for teams from places that aren't rugby. Considering they've got four bloody football teams at yeah. least as a city. Yeah, yeah. They should never have anybody watching, uh, watching rugby league. But I love rugby league. Dave wants to get a security job, but Gaz stops him. And I'm like, ah. What a terrible friend you are. Not only are you a bad dad, but you're a terrible friend. Yeah, Stopping says, your mate from getting a job. Says, you want to be earning minimum wage? Yeah. Uh, I tried to look up minimum wage in 1997, but apparently the minimum wage legis- legislation came in in 1998. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. And that's why he was able, later on in the film, to just get £2.50 an hour, <laughs> wasn't he? <laughs> ah, yes, right. £2.50 an hour she was willing to give him. Um, oh, by the way, back in 1998, uh, 1999, uh, minimum wage was £3.60 an hour for adults, and 
uh, £3 for those aged 18 to 22. Nice. So you know. Good work. Do you ever want to go back in time? Uh, they can't seem to get being in a line. And Horse said, it's like the Arsenal offside trap and they all get it. And you're like, oh, it's funny because dancing's for girls and football's and for men boys. Know boy, yeah. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> um, they're at Gerald's. They're getting the kit off. And he says, I used to have a proper job, me. <laughs> Don't you know, fat is a feminist issue. Linda's friend had this thing, which is like kink, clink film. Which, clink film. Yeah, which yeah. lost her weight. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, whatever. The door goes and it's these bailiffs. <laughs> they come in to take the telly and it takes two of them to pick up this massive CRT CRT yeah I noticed that <laughs> and as a man that had to hump a CRTV up fucking four flights of a tenement in Greenock I feel every mate, fucking move mate <laughs> I, had, I had to lift one of those bad boys Nikam stereo with picture in picture and oh. it was absolutely oh, it was a dream but it was oh, it weighed a ton that's how our backs are so bad. <laughs> Pretty much. In our CRTs. CRT TVs, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. God damn you, John Logie Beard. <laughs> <laughs> they turn up, like they walk around the corner in their pants, and one of them goes, "Put uh, Mark Eddie goes, put down and piss off. The next scene, they're dancing badly to the stripper, and all I could think was that scene out of Morecambe and Wise, you know, where they're doing the breakfasts. To the stripper. Oh, God, I am. Squeezing the grapefruit and doing the toast in the thing. Yeah, again, who's, mama, who's that? Who's that? Mama. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the grapefruit mouths. And, oh, yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about the grapefruit mouths. Yeah, oh, just so you know, uh, that cling foam theory, apparently there's no evidence to support that that would actually work. All oh, right, okay, yeah. Uh, oh, it's a shame because I was just about to go and grab a Mars bar and do it myself. It says, well, you may lose a few pounds. Uh, it's mainly just due to water loss. So, Beer loss, maybe, for me. <laughs> uh, mate, I'm, I'm a giant sexy dynamo. I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't want to look like a weirdo. I'll just wear the moo-moo. Mate, you, you, <laughs> as I say, you were about to share. <laughs> Nathan's mum's work she works at this she's like the manager at this hosiery firm isn't she yeah, yeah kind of thing and he agrees to work for it it's for £2.50 an hour he says he'll do it because he needs to buy he needs to pay 100 quid to get the money down for the show yes yeah. so the guy says 100 quid okay fine uh, Nathan gives him his £100 savings. Now, no. I'm going to be honest with you. It's only going to take you two weeks to earn this money, right? Yeah. In the first week, give the guy 50 quid as a deposit, whatever. Do not take your child's savings. Man, I, know. Man, I, I don't know. care how desperate you are. Don't take a child's savings. Yeah. Go and be a bloody, go and be a clown like uh, your man out of Brastoff. <laughs> you want to do being a clown? Do that instead. There's these brilliant views over Sheffield. There's this working out montage. They're running. They're doing all sorts of things. And I was kind of like, Sheffield's gorgeous. It's a shame it's about to be blown up in threads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're putting up posters for hot metal. Oh, it's cold. Maybe think of the Simpsons. Hot stuff coming through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, be nice. <laughs> these women come across. Um, they said, "Oh, we've 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 already seen them. We saw them last week, the Chippendales." 
And he Mate. says, oh, no, we're better because we go the full Monty. And obviously Yay. I went, hey! Because so <laughs> I did. Uh, so that's that point, I, I looked up uh, Chip and Dale tickets. Right, okay. So there's nothing here. So there's ones over in America. So the cheapest ones in the balcony are $95, but the front row seat's $168. Oh, danger. You may get wet. Yeah. <laughs> I found something a little bit more grim when it came oh. to the Chippendales. <laughs> they were formed in 1979 in L.A. by Summon Banerjee, who bought a bar in West L.A. and named it the Chippendales Bar. Similar nightclubs soon followed. Banerjee was worried about the competition and attempted to burn down at least three of them. What? In 1987, <laughs> Banerjee hired a hitman to murder his business partner, Nick DeNoya. He also plotted to have two other former associates killed. He was arrested in 1993 and hanged himself in a cell later that year. God, that's grim. That is really fucking grim. Probably. And all you're doing is looking at men's fucking lunchboxes. I know. I'm just saying, I've one of us does the hard yards on this podcast. My algorithm's <laughs> mucked up. I'm looking at the dream I mean, boys right now. <laughs> literally, mate, the hard yards. Uh, <laughs> the hard yards. Shewees and hitmen. The hard yards. <laughs> so all coming up my house. <laughs> uh, they don't agree. They don't want to go the full Monty. Uh, but he says, people don't laugh so loud when you've got a grand in your back pocket. How long is that going to last? You right. know, that's not a huge, huge amount of money. But, you know, uh, in the job club line, the Hot Stuff song comes on oh, yeah. um, and they're kind of dancing to it, aren't they? And that is, it's cute. And that that reminded me of thinking, I, I saw Tom earlier on in the week uh, in the Northeast uh, while he was on holiday over there. And he he said, I seem to remember, and I might have imagined this, there was a thing with Prince Charles doing it in a, oh. in a queue. And there really was on there the was. news. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he's a game old boy, isn't he, Prince Charles? Say what you want. You know, I know he had his wife murdered and everything, but, you know, uh, <laughs> other than that, he's a game old, uh, he's, he's a game old boy. He's, he's the prince, prince of a country that doesn't want him. <laughs> they turn up at Gerald's for the sunbed. They're looking, someone's reading Cosmo. I hope they aren't all like that with us. He's too fat, he's old, and he's a pigeon-chested tosser. <laughs> For young ginger oh, boy. Oh, is that Lomper, right? Lomper, Lomper, yeah. 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 Um, they hand out these leather pants. It's brilliant. It's Monday, dress rehearsal on Tuesday for Friday. Yep. Uh, horse has this pump. <laughs> oh, well, I, I had to look this up as well. Oh, yeah. did you? Tell me. He had, the, he had the cock pump. Right, so this, this, the guy that invented it, should have changed the name, right? So the cock pump was invented back in 1874 by a doctor called John King. Must should have been called Joe King because apparently it's a myth. Uh, right, okay. Not Don I, King. No, no Joe King. This is an egregious... <laughs> Uh, I, apparently, it's, it's a myth that they actually what they don't increase your penis size at all. No, it involves placing a tube over the penis and then pumping out the air to create a vacuum. The vacuum draws blood into the penis and allegedly makes it swell. Vacuum devices are sometimes used in short-term treatment of impotence, but overusing a penis pump can damage the tissue of the penis, leading to weaker erections, which I, of course, would know nothing about. Weekly erections, big man. Weekly. Yeah. The NHS, however, recommend the following. 
Trim your pubic hair. A big mound of pubic hair can make your penis look smaller than it is. Lose weight, you fat biffer. A beer <laughs> belly hanging over your penis can make your penis look smaller. And get fit. Getting into shape will not only make you feel more attractive, it could also improve your sex life. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, I think that when you're younger, drinking heavily increases your sex drive. And helps you. Yeah. It did make me think of Swedish-made penis enlarger, Basil. <laughs> uh, Dave, uh, Dave and his wife are at it in bed but he can't do it mm. Gaz is practicing on his own with Nathan there uh, but he's, Nathan says he's ahead on his timing kid's got rhythm uh, <laughs> uh, Dave's eating this Mars bar and wrapping himself in cling film which is yeah. one of these things I found, I found the gif I will be sharing it a lot on Twitter um Although I won't be, because all like the only GIF I share on Twitter these days is uh, GIFs of Brian Cox. Don't <laughs> 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 Brian Cox. Uh, the next day, Gerald and Dave are talking. When Gerald was a kid, he went for mixed swimming lessons, and he got I've written here a stoner. <laughs> a stoner, aye. a stoner, a, a, a hard on. He says I jumped in the deep end and nearly drowned. What if it happens again? And I thought. If you're stood around 12-year-olds and you get an erection, you should go the way of Gary Glitter, mate. Aye, uh, yeah. It fucking happen. <laughs> you should have been well banned for driving. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Stick shift especially. I was going to say dive in there, but I thought it was too, it was too, too much. Can I say that? I would have worked. No, I'd have, I'd, have, I'd, have, I'd have been there for it. Um, they're practicing, and Horse has got his mum and his family to see. Oh, <laughs> These Jesus. old girls knitting, and uh-huh. this young this young niece or whatever turns up. Tied up, Gerald. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dave's not there. He's working. Dave's not here, man. Uh, he's working security at ASDA. Uh, Gaz thieves a coat to get him sacked. Aye. Um, and they're talking about things not to think about to get a hard on. And they're laughing. Nature programs, the Queen's Speech, gardening. For me, it's Margaret Thatcher. It's always every, Margaret yeah, Thatcher. That, that does it yeah. every time. Every yeah. time. I'm, I'm sure for the lads in Sheffield, it would be Thatcher as well. <laughs> yeah. So Gaz gets back uh, and Dave isn't coming. Obviously, he's got a proper job, so he's not coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they strip out of these officers' outfits. More Gary Glitter, by the way. <laughs> I know. (laughs) Only a few years later. (laughs) Uh, Gary Glitter, Paul Francis Gadd, convicted of child pornography and now thankfully rotting in jail. Uh, This copper hears the music, doesn't he? How loud's this stereo they've got, by the way? I know. Like, he's he's miles away. (laughs) Yeah. And, and he kind of comes in and finds them, and and they they're basically arrested. And <laughs> this this police officer says to uh, Nathan, "Does your daddy always strip in front of you?" <laughs> like Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit harsh, yeah. isn't it? Lamps and the other one, the boy with the the hung boy. I can't remember what he was called. They are lumps and and the hung boy. Mm-hmm. They're basically they've got away. They run away. And they're nicking clothes off this washing line. Uh, whilst the whilst the cops are playing the footage and having a laugh in the thing, and Gerald turns to him and says, "You're always ahead, you." You are ahead. Lobs and the other character climb through the window and they're giggling about it and they kiss, but we don't see them kiss because it's a film and it's 1997. 
Man, I'll, I'm honest. I'll be honest. I thought we actually seen a kiss because I always associate that with the with something. Yeah, I think you're thinking about EastEnders. Uh, no, no, First gay don't. kiss on TV between Colin and Guido, 24th of January 1998. Uh, you remember Colin? I think he might have been Welsh. Nah, I don't. I don't. Know I was watching it at that, t- that point. I yeah, think I was too busy. Yeah, I remember that one? But yeah, no, no, ki- no kiss in this film, which yeah, is really can... disappointing. Yeah, really yeah. disappointing. But it's all right. We're there now. <laughs> We're absolutely there now. Gerald gets home to these lads basically taking all their belongings. She says, I can yeah. cope with losing everything, but it's the shame. The six months of you lying to me. Mm-hmm. Gerald's kicked out, has to stay with Gaz. And it turns out he's been offered the job. Hey, fantastic. Yeah. Hey. They're at school, uh, having dropped off, uh, Nate, oh, picking up Nathan, uh, and mum and her fella say he can't see him because he's a bad dad. And, and they're not wrong, actually. Yeah. As the Gaz goes to see Dave and asks him to get a jacket because it turns out Lobster's mum's died. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a funeral. Um, he gets him, he, he lets him nick one and then he comes back with another one and they both quit. He just quits his job. Because yeah, films. it just runs it, doesn't he? Yeah. He's got a jacket the, and runs it. <laughs> uh, they're at the funeral. Uh, Lumps is playing Abide With Me and I sobbed my heart out because I always cry at Abide With Me. Oh, dear. Right. Yeah. Christian Hymn by Scottish Anglican Henry Francis Lyle. It's a prayer for God to stay with the speaker throughout life and death. It was written by Lyle in 1847 as he was dying from tuberculosis. It's often yeah. sung to the tune Eventide by the English organist William Henry Monk. And it is the reason I don't go to the Challenge Cup final, the Rugby League Challenge Cup final anymore, because I always end up crying, and I have always been pointed at and laughed, crying at Abide With Me. Oh, <laughs> man, that's a shame. Usually by fucking Leeds fans. They can fuck <laughs> off. Oh, son. Uh, he's, playing it on his, he's playing it on his bugle, by the way. Did you mm. spot? He's, he's, he's a bugle player, is yeah. his, uh, his thing. It's his choice. Uh, Bugle has no valves other than or other pitch altering devices. All pitch is changed by varying the lips and the tongue. And I've changed plenty of pitch with my lips and tongue in the past, John. I don't oh, know about you. Nice. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a bit of few valves. <laughs> oh, Jesus, man. <laughs> Dave says to Gaz about the pair of them. Because uh, obviously they're, 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 they're hugging, yeah. yeah, holding hands, and the land is there's now as queer as folk, which isn't funny. It's not. It's not now, is it? <laughs> uh, but it is a colloquialism from Yorkshire, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so the, the mean is, well, I think in that context, yeah, but I think it just means something like the now as strange as people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I think because of the, obviously the the queer in it, but I don't know if it was, if it was necessarily meant as that when it was obviously. Coined is a phrase, but hey. So everything, everyone's onto them locally, and it's in it's in the Sheffield Star, which I was kind of like, oh, that's a local. There's a local paper I recognise. Uh, founded in 1887, the total average issue readership for the Star, as of two years ago, was 105,498 people. It's probably right. a lot less, lot less now. I would have thought. Uh, they're at band practice. Lops' band are playing the stripper 
which I kind of liked, which I was yeah. kind of like, like they obviously, because everybody locally knows no, what they're no. doing. The Stripper, of course, is an instrumental composed by David Rose, recorded in 1958 and released four years later. It's jazz influence with especially prominent trombone slides. Wow, wow, wow. And it evokes the feel of music used to accompany striptease artists, allegedly. Not that I would know anything about that. Hell no. No. You just stripped your Benny Hill, didn't you? <laughs> Very quickly. <laughs> in double time. <laughs> he gets annoyed with them and tells them to shag off. <laughs> which I like. Right, I shag. shag off. <laughs> uh, Gerald's leaving the job club for his job. Uh, but Gaz explains they've sold 200 tickets already. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, let the man have his job. 16 grand a year. Jean's leaving Dave because she's found his leather pants and she thinks it's a carry-on. Oh, God, yeah. He says, it's now to do with any flipping women. <laughs> he explains that they're strippers. Uh, I couldn't, could I? Look at me. Who wants to see this dance? And she says, me, Dave. I do. Oh. Aww. Right to the fuse, doesn't it? Absolutely. Right to it's the Friday fuse. night. The club is packed and it's men and women. Dave turns up and he fills his suit better than any of the other lads, doesn't he? Mark oh, no, it looks great. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, no, it looks fantastic. Uh, but, uh, Gaz, Gaz. Robert Carlyle looks as if his is for an half him. Well, Robert Carlyle, his character Gaz, takes an absolute fucking monumental strop because he won't do it in front of other men. Yeah. And you're kind of like, just grow up, son. I know. Grow up, for yeah, fuck's no, sake. No, no. Totally. Um, uh, they head off out, and Mark Eddy says, "We might not be young, pretty, or reek good, <laughs> but for one night, it, for one night only, it's the full Monty." Good Monty. Yeah. <laughs> um, they strip to Tom Jones's. You can leave your hat on. Aye. He asked for me, John <laughs> Elvis. He asked for me. Written by Randy Newman. You can leave your hat on. <laughs> Red-headed lady. On his 1972 album, Sail Away. Tom Jones covered it for this particular soundtrack. Um, and it's included on the play of the same name. It's in a medley with Hot Chocolates, You Sexy Thing, Donna Summer's Hot Stuff. And this one reached number 62 in the UK singles chart in 1998 under the title, The Full Monty Monster Mix. Right. Because apparently... We were still it. doing Jive Bunny stuff at the time, apparently. <laughs> Fucking no. Nathan gives Gaz a pep talk. Good lad. Um, and it's I think this bit's semi-well choreographed, pardon the pun. Um, the band are here. The polis are there as well. And there's not a high hairy ass to be seen between them, which means Aye. it certainly isn't me and you. <laughs> no, no. And they, they all got waxed. You know that for a yeah, fact. of course they did. Uh, this freeze frame on their asses as they throw the hats away. <laughs> Aye, yeah. And that's it. And that and that's the film. Oh, God. And I, I had a great time, John. As I said, I remembered not loving it, but now now I'm I'm a bit softer and a bit yeah. less. Yeah, see, I, I had can, a great you time. You can see past your strange days. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's got a lot of Yorkshire in it, and you know it's it's a it's a great county. Yeah. It's a fantastic county. Anything more to add before I go through all the crud I've still got left? Uh, the only thing I've got left was there was a uh, bit in the um, police station where they were seen being naked robbers, but apparently, so I was looking up if there's actually been any naked robbers. There was one. 
So there was a naked robber who stripped for heist, but he was caught getting dressed uh, in a nearby toilet in August 2014 um, at the Associate Bank in Rockford, Illinois. Oh, wow. So um, why would you... Well, I, I personally think you would do it just to make people feel awkward when you're robbing them, but if it, what, hey, whatever works. Whatever From works. pedophiles to Rockford files. <laughs> oh. Uh, they mentioned that um, Nathan isn't going to get a isn't going to get in trouble with the police if he takes responsibility for the girder at the start. He says you're under 16, you can't get a criminal record. The age of criminal responsibility in England and Wales is 10 years old, which means children under 10 cannot be arrested or charged with a crime. Children between 10 and 17 can be arrested and taken to court if they commit a crime. Because we live in a fucking police state. Uh, hmm. A cab. Just going to put it out there. <laughs> Ten thousand pounds. It's mentioned that they're going to get £10,000. Today is £19,365.85p, and which is not too shabby. Uh, I think Tom Wilkinson's character, Gerald, calls them little and large. 80s comedy duo Eddie oh, Large yeah. died of COVID in 2020, RIP. Mm-hmm. Sid Little allegedly runs the steamer pub and restaurant in Fleetwood near Blackpool. What? I found this out too late. Tom didn't have enough time to go and have a look for us. <laughs> He's going to go and have a look, but he didn't have enough time. Uh, the character Mandy, uh, Emily Woof, Woof, it's her first film. They're smoking Silk Cut Silver at one point. Uh, silk Cut Silver is, oh, Silk Cut Purple. Um, they're smoking. Silk Cut Silver was the lightest fags in tar, cigarettes, uh, mm. and nicotine, and Purple the strongest. 20 of these at Tesco. £14.45, John. Jesus Christ. Now, I've never smoked. But they're dear now, eh? Yeah, they're really dear. I remember when we we, we were slumming it, we used to smoke the silk cut, but they had perforations between the tobacco and the beef. All you would do is just snap the beef off. That's right, yeah. We would just snap the beef off and smoke it like a a roll-up. Or you would, I mean, I I say I never smoked. I've smoked a few cigarettes, and I used to smoke. If anyone wanted to film somebody smoking at college, Mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't a smoker, it was always me. Because I could just pick them up, put them down. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did. Marlboro. Yeah, yeah. It's like smoking smoking nothing. (laughs) Um, Tinsley Cooling Tower, you see those two cooling towers in the distance. Now, I used to pass these by all the time when I was travelling on the National Express bus from Bradford to uh, Nottingham to go home. And they were demolished the 24th of August, 2008. Uh, Fear of heights. There's a mention of jumping, but a fear of heights is acrophobia. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a 1986 Ford Fiesta. I don't know where, whose car it was. It might have been Gerald's car. Ford Fiesta Mark II was the second generation of the Ford Fiesta Super Mini built by Ford Europe. Originally introduced in 83, it was a mild facelift of the original. It was available as a three-door hatchback and panel van styles, replaced by the Fiesta Mark III in 1980. Uh, Volkswagen Transporter, we already know about, yeah. but I found one online for £16,000. Don't go any more into that. Uh, the school that Nate attended is now the Sheffield Boxing Centre. Dire Straits double album. Someone says this will be about as depressing as a Dire Straits double album. The, right. the Dire Straits double album is Alchemy Live at Hammersmith, 1984. The CD is 93 minutes 54. No, 93 minutes 59 seconds but the LP was 88 minutes 50 seconds 
The inside scenes of Milnthorpe Workingmen's Club were filmed in Shire Green Workingmen's Club. The ex- external scenes were the Regency House Furniture Warehouse. <laughs> and finally, somebody nearly gets Alan Bradleyed by a tram. Uh, Sheffield used to have an extensive tram network, the Sheffield Tramway, between 1830, 1873 and 1960, closed in October 1960. The Sheffield Super Tram opened in 1994. There you Who, go. Who's Alan Bradley? Alan Bradley? Oh, there's one for the kids. That's another Coronation Street reference. What's uh, face? He tried to kill Rita and he got twatted by a tram. Tram's <laughs> gone about 10 miles an hour in Blackpool. I know. And you can see that going a mile away. Yeah, absolutely. Like, speed three, isn't it? <laughs> I wish I'd asked Tom to tell us the last person murdered by a tram in Blackpool. It must have just been Alan Bradley. I don't think it was anybody. Uh, he was the last. Right, while I'm totting them up, do you want to do some guesses? Oh, God. Uh, I think we've definitely gone over 100 because I think we both went a bit cray-cray. So I'm thinking 103. Up. 113. Up. 132. Oh, fuck off. 120. (laughs) 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 One, two, zero. (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy with that, man. I'm happy with that as well, mate. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, That was a good episode. Even, even though we do see ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, no one's listening. Uh, <laughs> listeners, of course, you know where to get us on the Twitters, on the Instagrams, the Facebooks, and all the places. Uh, go and tell your friends that you are listening to two stupid blokes talk fucking nonsense and laugh at ourselves, really, because we love doing this, and the more people that listen to us, the more chance we've got probably making somebody that's fed up laugh. There's some really serious moments in this film, and some some real pathos. Yeah. Yeah, I I love it. I had a great time with it. Um, Right, okay, where else can you find me at the moment? You will find me. Well, you'll always find me on everything we learned from The Simpsons. It's about the 20th time I've mentioned it, where me and uh, Tom figure out all that shite uh, the English shite that relates to all the American stuff in The Simpsons uh, I'm guesting all over I'm on Court Connections, I'm on that Efkin show I'm on Hallmark Greatness talking about giant octopuses octopus octopuses octopuses John, where can the lovely people get you other than this podcast? Well I shall be on Divided by a Colon Language Common I'll be on A Colon Language uh, I'll be on Divided by a Common Language with uh, the Belson Boys and the Wilsons. Oh, it's a great laugh. It's the third episode is out now, and oh, you can get it on wherever you get your podcast, but it's, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Great. I've listened to it today, and I was in, I was in stitches. Absolutely stitches. <laughs> I mean, if you do say so yourself. <laughs> no, it's very rare that I laugh at myself, but yeah, I was on form. <laughs> right. no, our listeners laugh at you all the time, because uh, yeah, you, you are the funny one. All the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll be on there with the guys, so catch us on there. Grand, uh, yeah. So, thanks, John. I've had a great time tonight. Hopefully, the listeners have enjoyed what they have heard as well. Um, you'll get us all over the fucking shop, it seems. Uh, but for now, we have been 120 things we've learned from the full Monty, you bastard. <laughs> See ya. See you guys.